You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Despirito, and I am your very excited host. I love to be here with you every Sunday talking about my favorite topic and probably yours too, and that is making money, selling and buying real estate, talking with uh, some wonderful folks who know more about what they do than all of us in their given areas. So with that said, we've got a very special guest with us today. We have Melissa Delena of Delena Law. She's one of the partners at Delena Law. Fantastic resource. Two decades of experience in this business. And uh, we're happy to have you here, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Emilio. Good morning to all of our listeners. It's great to be back. Uh, and yeah, just killing it. It's still very busy out there with buying and selling real estate. So we're happy to be part of it. Yeah, it is. It's an unbelievable time. And actually, you know, I saw, Melissa, before we jump into our topic, I saw recently there was a poll through Inman. Inman is a, a very large uh, real estate publication. And they said that buyer's confidence is at an all-time low from, I believe, since 2005, 2004, somewhere around there. Don't, don't quote me on that. But buyer confidence is at all-time low that right now is a good time to buy. So later on, we're going to be talking about that as well. Uh, stay tuned for that. But, you know, right now, Melissa, a lot of people are going through situations uh, with closing, uh, and dealing with tenants at the closing. You know, we, we've had, we've had the moratorium in, 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 uh, pro in progress where, you know, they can literally tenants can stay and they don't have to pay. It's been very tough for a lot of landlords. Um, People are so quick to throw landlords under the bus and say, oh, these people are super rich, this, that, whatever. You know, we're not going to get into that. But the landlords I know are mostly, you know, people you know, have having two jobs sometimes, working really hard to create wealth through real estate. And a lot of them are successful with it. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear from the legal perspective how closings are affected with tenants. Oh, it is such a loaded topic, Emilio, and I think one that is hopefully going to serve both buyers and sellers well. So the general rule is that if you are purchasing a property, whether it's a multifamily, a single family, a condominium, if there is a tenant in possession of the property, they are going to convey as part of the closing, unless there's a carve out in the body of the sales agreement that identifies that that particular tenant is not going to convey. So that's the general rule of thumb is that if you have a tenant in place, they'll convey. And moreover, all the terms of their lease agreement will be binding on the new buyer. So if you have a tenant in position for $800 a month rent because it was some sort of family deal, that's great for the tenant and maybe worked for the land the homeowner landlord but for the new buyer coming in they may not even be able to qualify for financing at such a reduced um, rate for rental uh, so it definitely can create a lot of conversations that need to take place for both buyers and sellers when you're entertaining properties again whether it's multifamily single family condominiums that are subject to a tenancy not to mention the financing constraints that the buyers have if they're doing any kind of prior, primary 
ownership occupancy, right? If they're doing FHA financing or another type of loan program that requires occupancy, well, then in that case, we need the tenant to be out of the property in order for them to be eligible for the loan. So that's another overlay that compounds the conversation as to if the tenants are in the premises. There are so many details in arms to a transaction. It's absolutely intense. I mean, as I'm listening to you talk, I love the fact that you mentioned the financing too for buyers, Melissa. And that's that's something that you're only going to hear from a, a very experienced real estate attorney. So might specifically focus on this. And, and, and I appreciate that coming from you, Melissa, because a lot of times when our buyers are purchasing a two-family, three-family, four-family, even a condo or a single family as an investment property, they're using the income that's coming in from the tenants to get that mortgage. You know, mm-hmm. like I, right? Like I said, there's sometimes people, uh, they own their primary residence and they're working to buy an investment property. And a lot of our sellers will say, hey, listen, I'm going to renew the lease. And we say, no, 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 don't do that because the person coming in and buying may want that unit or they may have someone else for that unit or the rent may be too low for them to afford the finance. It was great. great Well, and, and that is a perfect segue, Emilio, to the other side of the coin when you don't renew the lease with the tenant and you put the property on the market is the tenants can sometimes be less than cooperative because now they're feeling vulnerable, right? This housing shortage that we're facing transcends the purchase market and is impacting the rental market as well. Uh, I'm hearing that some of the rents that are being charged out there are near criminal because of how high they are, which I think is making people want to buy properties, which is great, but at the same time is really making it difficult for tenants to find a place to go as a replacement property within that same price point when they need to leave as a function of a sale, whether it's they've been notified to sell you know, as pursuant to the sale they have to get out, or if they're just being proactive because they don't want to be in that vulnerable place. Yeah. So sometimes when we see that the tenant isn't getting what they want, which is that lease renewal or locking in that price point, like you said, for the reasons that you voiced, it can make things more difficult because now we're bound by that tenant to cooperate and give us access to show the property, to inspect the property, um, you know, not to cause damage or really wreak havoc on the transaction by talking bad about the property to the prospective buyers. So there's another whole layer of complication that comes with conveying with the tenant there, especially if they're not on the best of terms with the seller. Oh God, you, again, you hit the nail on the head. I almost feel like you put your realtor hat on today and, <laughs> and you've walked through the properties because of the stuff that we deal with. So one of the best things I tell sellers when you're getting ready to prepare to sell a property, you got to be transparent with your tenants. A lot of times they say, you know, Emilio, come in, just tell me you're an inspection, uh, you're an insurance inspector, you know, and At that point in time, usually they're just like, uh, you know, my sellers are usually just gathering information on the value or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just say, look, I'm not going to lie to anybody. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Whatever you tell them is is what you tell them. But when it comes time to list, we're going to be seeing these tenants. And when they say, oh, this guy you showed me was an insurance inspector, but now he's a realtor or, hey, I know that guy from Facebook. I know that. You know, realtors are all over the place. There's a reason why realtors do so well when they run for office somewhere because their names are familiar, right? Right. 
right? So, and so you're right. You don't want to lose that trust because that's just automatically going to create a place where they're going to feel vulnerable. They're not going to be terribly cooperative and it's going to create possible issues, especially in light of the moratorium we've had and the judicial impact and setbacks, right? Because we're seeing that evictions are not happening as quickly as they once were. So now you're stuck with a tenant who doesn't trust you, doesn't trust the realtor, isn't cooperating. How exactly are you going to facilitate listing and selling this house? And it always seems to happen, Emilio, after you've got it under contract. So you get through the listing, but now you're under contract and you're just frustrating the buyers and trying to keep the deal together because you're stuck with this tenant that's less than cooperative. And that's the part that I think you really need to be more proactive when you're listing it as a seller to be, like you said, completely transparent with the tenant and potentially determine upfront if this is a tenant that you should take out of the property before you even list it. The house is going to show better without a bad tenant in there, especially if it's someone that's not paid their rent in the past or, you know, sort of um, can can be known to be difficult. I would suggest that you remove the tenant before you even sell the property or list the property for sale. Absolutely. And, you know, this isn't the 50s anymore. People have rights now. You can't just send Rocco in there and toss the tenant out. With <laughs> like, you know, I know this is Rhode Island, but it's uh, you know, all, all jokes aside, though, it, it's very tough to get rid of tenants nowadays. And, and, and let's face it, they're they're humans. These are people. OK, they have their concerns. And I agree with you. Melissa. You have to build that trust from the get go. And I would much rather go in straightforward and transparent with the tenants and say, listen, you know what? When you're working with a group like mine, we're going to go ahead and link you up with property management companies in the area like Nexus Property Management or Rent or or strive realty or whatever any of these local you know property management companies are to help you find something you know like mm-hmm. that, that's that's a very good way of doing it diplomatically and and it and it and it it helps everyone involved. So, hey, if you're just joining us right now, we've got Melissa Delano with Delano Law, and we're talking about closings and dealing with tenants. It's not an easy subject right now. We have a lot of people that listen to our, our show that own rental properties. Maybe you're about ready to go through it. So, listen, if you need any advice on this subject at all, you can call us direct, 401 217-2333. We'll help you out. We'll walk you through the transaction. We'll make sure that you get out alive. 217-2333. But more importantly, we've got experience with dealing with tenants and dealing with landlords. It's something that we do on a daily basis. You know, Melissa, you see any major like snags happen that stop the closing? Um. There have been, um, I I think the primary issue that I'm still seeing are tenants not leaving. Um, So for example, the parties go into a sales contract. It stipulates that one of the rental units will be vacant because the buyer needs to take occupancy pursuant to their FHA financing. And, you know, two months later, the seller is given notice to the tenants. The tenants say, yeah, yeah, we're going to get out. And then they're not out. So now what? That becomes a showstopper, really. It's a violation for the buyer's mortgage for the buyer not to be able to have an opportunity to take occupancy within 30 days of that unit. And let's face it, you already have a tenant that said they were going to vacate, but they haven't. So how do we know they're going to actually vacate this time? You know, they say, oh, I need another couple of weeks. It'll be fine. So of course, the seller says, well, buyer, just buy it. And then the seller, you know, the tenant will get out in a couple of weeks buyers thinking, I don't want that responsibility or that headache. 
not to mention, you know, the, the process of evicting those folks has not been initiated. You know, if you were to start an eviction today, here we are in the middle of August, the earliest that you would even probably take possession, I mean, and I'm not an eviction attorney, I do refer all of my work out, and I know you have someone you refer to too, is probably going to be November or December. And that's assuming kind of a squeaky smooth transaction. So it's just because the courts are so backlogged, it's a longer process than what we used to have. So that's, you know, kind of reiterating what we talked about earlier, Emilio, is getting that tenant cooperation, making sure that you're setting them up with an opportunity to find a place to go, being diplomatic and not deceiving them, I think is really more important because that is probably going to stop all production for the prospective buyer. And now the seller's on the hook. They're in breach of contract because they haven't been able to complete the closing. They're presumably going to have to furnish the money back you know, deposit money back to the buyer unless they're able to perform within a reasonable period of time, which, you know, is a couple of weeks. So it's just, it really does become a sticky wicket when you get to the point of closing and the tenants haven't vacated. And that tends to be the biggest problem that we're seeing over and over again right now. Oh man. And, you know, and this is, this is a problem if you have, like you said, if it's not correctly filled out on the purchase and sales agreement, if you're the buyer, you could be in a very tough predicament, right? Because you could be in breach of the contract and you could ultimately lose your deposit, which is never a great place. And same thing on the seller side. So you got to make sure that right. that contract is, is written correctly. And, you know, one of the great things about having a real estate attorney here in Rhode Island is that they're going to review your contracts for you. It's all part of what they do. But I seldom actually see buyers and, and agents do it, you know, but... That I is. know. And, you know, once it's signed, it's too late, right? At that point, yeah. I can review it and I have to assume that the information is accurate, that that's what they intended. Worst case, it's not. And we try to attempt an amendment at that point, but it doesn't mean that the parties are going to be agreeable to amending the contract terms. So it really is important, especially if you're buying with those, you know, kind of complex transactions, multifamilies, that you have an attorney that you can trust, have them walk through the understanding of the contract with you. So that way, when you sign it, you know, okay, this is exactly what you bargained for, what you expected to get. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Melissa Delena of Delena Law. Melissa, hang with us for a second. I'd love to pick your brain about a couple of things next segment. Definitely. Hey, everybody, stay tuned. I'm Emilio Desperado. We've got Melissa Delena with Delena Law on the line, and we're coming to you today uh, in Rhode Island through iHeartRadio WHJJ. We're talking about real estate the ins, the outs of buying, selling real estate. And today we're talking about tenants and closing real estate. We've got several more topics to cover when we get back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here at News Radio 920, 104.7 FM, streaming on iHeartRadio, WHJJ. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. That's Lena Law. Be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 104.7 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Emilio Despirito with Engel and Walkers. And uh, we've got a Melissa Delena with Delena Law on the line with us today. And if this is your first time joining us for the show, the show is going to be all about real estate for you. Buying, selling, investing, living that American dream and leveraging one of the most powerful resources on the planet to create wealth. So we've got, again, Melissa Delena with Delena Law. 
And uh, if you missed last segment, you got to check it out on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Desperado team. You can also find us on iHeartRadio, WHJJ, or SoundCloud. Make sure you like and follow us. So, Melissa, uh, great topic last segment. This segment, I'd like to jump into something that we see almost as a conundrum right now. Actually, it is a conundrum. People are so apprehensive to list before they purchase a home. And it's a, it's, Man, like I said in the last segment, there's a lot of arms to a transaction. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of puzzle pieces, which, you know, it can be tough for buyers and sellers. And in essence is why you want the appropriate people representing you when you are buying and selling real estate, whether it's a mortgage company or an attorney or a real estate agent, whoever it is, that you got to make sure that they have experience in these different areas. And this one probably being the biggest of the decade right now actually the past couple of few years, um, and it is having to sell and buy congruently. So let's talk about selling under the contingency of, of having a home to purchase before you leave, aka seller finding suitable housing. Yeah, it's such a big issue, Emilio. Probably one of the biggest topics, like you said, that I've seen in the past couple of years. Uh, but right now, with there still being a bit of an inventory shortage, I think that most sellers are just concerned because there's that unknown. How do I know I'm going to find a house that I love as much as my house? If I don't find the house of my dreams, then I don't want to sell this house because I'd rather just stay where I'm at, right? I mean, I think that's the that's the concern. That's the issue. Um I can't say that I've seen it happen uh, where somebody doesn't find something that meets their needs except one time in the past several years. So I guess I'm here to tell you that for the most part, everybody finds what they're looking for or is able to get out of the contract if they have the appropriate contingencies in place and stay put. And then there's sort of no harm, no foul. But I'm not sure that that is really what happens. So you kind of need to know what you're interests are going into it and if it's in line with the reality of what the market will allow. Yeah. You know, I've got the the, the simple solution on paper, taking emotions and everything else out, right? Which is technically, I mean, probably what not you do. practical. Is, but, but think about this, right? If everyone on the fence, right, right now, we probably have over a hundred folks that want to sell their properties, but are all looking to buy. That's just me. I am one mm-hmm. of them thousand licensed real estate agents in Rhode Island. Okay. Um, so think about that. I have about a hundred clients personally that are ready to rock and roll and sell once they find something. Okay. Now some of these I have varying motivations, you know, some people just say, hey, you know what, maybe it's good. So don't get me wrong. The highly motivated ones are out hunting, but what happens is if they have to sell their property and contingent they go and put an offer on a homeless and it's contingent upon them getting their property sold and their house is not on the market yet the listing agent's going to look at that and say look i got three other offers their homes are either on the market they're pending or they don't have a home to sell where does that right. where does that leave the person where does that leave the seller? yeah i mean there's no doubt when you're selling and buying having your house either on the market or already under contract is going to put you in a much stronger position Obviously, the strongest position is having no contingency to sell something, you know, where you essentially can float two mortgages. You buy the house of your dreams, you know, you still have another house, and then you can sell your first house at some point down the road. That's sort of the best case scenario, but that may not even be something you're financially comfortable with. 
because then you've got the stress of having two mortgages and not having sold your house. Not that that's a realistic concern because we know houses are selling, but it is still a concern. So none of this is without stress. And I think that Emilio just sort of hit the nail on the head. Our goals are to try to take the emotional components out of it because we understand it's an emotional transaction for you, obviously, but you need someone who can guide you and direct you so that you take the emotion out. And now you're putting yourself in the best possible position to have your offer accepted. Absolutely. It's tough. You know, I mean, home is one of our basic necessities, shelter, clothing, right? So when someone's like, you know, I met with a wonderful couple yesterday and you know and they're in the same they're perplexed they're like look you know we we gotta put it out there in the universe and put the energy out there and say look we're gonna find this house you know and it's easy for me as a realtor to say yes do that you know get but but i'm empathetic to both sides you know husband doesn't want to sell until he finds something wife is like yeah let's go let's rock and roll put it out there in the universe i agree and see both sides so these folks, they're amazing, right? And and I'll never say names. I keep people private. But, um, you know, we just had a, a grand old time just going back and forth and talking. And, you know, it's it's a situation that is specific to every single person. You know, you may be in a spot where you're healthy and ready to rock and roll and you can take that chance. So let's talk about those people right now for a second, Melissa, those people that are financially secure, ready to rock and roll, healthy, able to go. Let's talk about when we get a buyer contract on their home and it is contingent upon the seller, them, or our buyers who are their sellers who are also buying to find a property. What kind of, how do, what kind of weight does that hold? What kind of risks are there? What protects the buyer, what protects the sellers? Can we dive into that? Absolutely. And, you know, really great questions, although I will say it is so convoluted because we're using the terms of sellers, but they're also subsequently buyers. It really does get kind of hard to follow. I can only imagine our listeners right now trying to trying to follow along. So let's maybe use a hypothetical guy named Jack. Jack is selling his house. He has it under contract subject to Jack finding suitable housing, right? So the expectation is Jack is now going to enter the marketplace and find a replacement property to purchase. So we need to make sure that the purchase and sales agreement for Jack's initial sale has the protections for him that he is going to find a suitable house either to rent or to buy. It does not have to be a purchase and within a particular time frame. So we would allocate the time frame within the confines of this specific addendum for his protection. And then if he is unable to find a property within the confines of that timeline, which is, I don't know, how many days would you say? 45 days, 30 days? I mean, I, I see buyers willing to go 120, 90, 120. Wow. Yeah, I mean, because the inventory is so low, especially in the- So, I mean, market. we can always extend it, but yeah. if you are willing, if you've got a buyer who's willing to wait it out because we know Jack's house is their dream home, so they're willing to give Jack plenty of time, then obviously that's a point of negotiation. You can get more days for Jack to find this replacement property. So if they only give us a shorter window, let's say 45 days, and now we're coming to a place where we have not found a replacement property for Jack, we go back to the buyers and say, listen, we're still, we're still shopping. You know, we've had a few, you know, ups, downs. This is really where your realtor has to be able to kind of tell your story to the co-broke to keep them engaged. You know, we've put in some offers, we've lost a few houses, we've investigated, you know, 90 listings or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Um, 
this is where we're at. Is your buyer willing to extend this time for him to find a suitable house? So that allows for a protection for the buyer to say, are we going to continue holding here? Or are we going to say, you know, let's cut bait and move on. Maybe Jack is too particular of a subsequent buyer. We don't want to wait for him because it could be forever before he finds the true replacement home. Yeah, absolutely. What, ha what happens, Melissa, if they don't put a time in that condition subject to seller finding suitable housing. So you mean like if they just use more of a generic provision within the contract opposed to the contingency, the full addendum? Yeah, let's say if it went to court, what would the court say? What do you oh, think? Well, I don't know precisely what <laughs> uh, the, the bench would rule on how much time the seller had to find suitable housing, but presuming that the language in the sales agreement was subject to the seller finding suitable housing with no further time constraints, I, I think that what would happen is that the eventually the contract would be frustrated, meaning the performance date for the sales agreement would pass. So I think the understanding would be the seller has to find suitable housing by the date of the contract. Let's say the closing date is September 30th. If the seller hasn't found suitable housing by then, then in that case, the contract would you know, essentially not be void because we have this reasonable period to perform, but would the sellers and buyers agree to extend? And in that case, are they extending the entire contract or are they just extending the performance for closing? So I think it really becomes so factually specific here, Emilio, to determine what is the court going to interpret as to reasonable time for the seller to find suitable housing? No doubt it has to be by the contract date. I don't think anybody expects the seller's Jack is going to stay in the property after the fact. Yeah. Although I've seen crazier <laughs> things happen. <laughs> right? Couldn't he, he say he's a tenant? Couldn't he say he's a tenant at this point in time? I have squat? <laughs> certainly seen seller, seller holdovers uh, in this crazy market to allow them to find a house to subsequently buy. Actually, a very good um, family friend just did it uh, back in May. We closed on the property. She held over for two months. And I said to her, listen, there's no getting out of this. If you don't find a house in two months, you're legit going to be renting a hotel room with your kids. How do you <laughs> feel about that? And she said, I guess I'll have to find something. And we did. She found something and we closed on time. I had never, ever structured anything like that before or since, but it was a cash buyer. So he didn't have those whole occupancy concerns that you have, yeah. uh, you know, with financing. So it worked out and uh, everybody went home happy, I guess, but it was unusual to say the least. <laughs> awesome information, Melissa. You know, needless to say, I always tell my clients, I say, listen, you are never going to be driving down the road and you're never going to see a Desperado team client living under a bridge because we're, we're going to going to find your home we always do you know uh, once in a great while it doesn't happen and somebody moves in with family or they rent but that's a such a small 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 section of a, a ratio of all of our buyers but hey look we got to jump to a commercial break i want to thank melissa delena from delena law it's absolutely fascinating talking with you melissa you have a wealth of knowledge with uh, real estate law. thank you so much for being here and uh and as usual, I appreciate it. It's always, always a good time to be able to talk about topics that really do impact people at such a fundamental level. Like you said, home is a basic need. It is absolutely. And for our listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on News Radio 920, 147 FM streaming on iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us. This is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Delana Law. 
Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All right, thanks for joining us. We've got on Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections, and you can uh, go ahead and check out homeinspectorri.com for more information. I highly recommend Mike and his team. They're fantastic, thorough, and uh, I think one of the best inspectors, if not the best inspector. Mike, challenging time right now for buyers in a hot seller's market and even doing inspections as a contingency. Can we talk about that? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, and yeah, so this, this is a, a, a tough market. It has been this way for, for a little while. I'm not sure how long it's going to stay this way, but with, uh, with uh, somewhat limited inventory, uh, this, the ball really is in the seller's court when it comes to negotiation and pricing and everything. So buyers are at, um, I would say, a little bit of a disadvantage right now when it comes to trying to negotiate what they want. So, you know, what we're seeing is we're seeing some people do something which we don't advise, uh, waiving their home inspection to strengthen their offer and to entice a seller into accepting their offer because they don't have to worry about that secondary negotiation when the offer is accepted and then the buyer brings their home inspector in and then the buyer a lot of times is going to want to ask for uh, repairs or money to, to, be, uh, to be conceded based on conditions that they find. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough market. But what, what you, know, you really have to consider is what the home inspection really is for. You know, uh, I hear people tell me that, oh, we're not going to bother doing a home inspection because this guy's got our offer. He's got X number of backup offers where people have already waived their inspection. So they're not really going to negotiate anything with us. So why bother doing the home inspection? Which Mm -hmm. kind of, but what the home inspection is for is it's not for negotiation. It's so that when you buy a house, you know what you're buying. So I understand why people over the years when the market was a stronger buyer's market, the inspection was used much more as a tool to try to negotiate that seller down because there were a lot of, uh, a, a lot more sellers than buyers. So when the, when, when the market is slanted towards the buyer, it's easier to negotiate and get that seller to make concessions. But right now it's hard, which, which is fine. But the inspection is not for the buyer to negotiate prices or repairs. The inspection is for the buyer's information. The buyer made an offer to buy this house. They want it. The seller accepted that offer because they want to sell it for that amount of money. And the buyer just wants to make sure they're actually getting what they think they're getting. And that really is it. It does turn into negotiations at times, but it doesn't have to. So when, when I talk to buyers that are going through this, this issue, uh, some of them are represented by, uh, by real estate agents and some of them you know, are not and they don't really know how the process works. Um, as I tell them, you still really should do your inspection, but just be prepared that a lot of the sellers with multiple offers on the table are not inclined to, to accept your secondary negotiation. So it might be a situation where you do your inspection and maybe you find some things wrong with the house that you didn't expect or didn't know about, but it's still kind of a take and leave thing where you're like, uh, okay, well, we, we inspected the house. We did find a few more things wrong with it than, than we thought that there might be. You can ask the seller, but they're just not inclined to negotiate because they, they probably have a stack of offers sitting in front of them, and they just chose one, maybe even at random. So what I tell my buyers is do the inspection and then just know that, you know, if you find too much stuff wrong with the house, it still may not be the house for you, even though that person may have a backup offer on that house for the same price. But you don't know the situation that the other buyer has. For example, let's say the boiler shot 
doesn't work or, or not going to last very long. And you're buying this house, you're paying more than asking. So you're, you're financially, you know, right up to your limit on this house. Do you have money to buy a boiler this year? If you don't, then you don't have money to maintain this house. The other guy that made that offer maybe has extra money. Heck, maybe he's a plumber and he can do it for just the price of the materials and it's fine for him, but it still may not be fine for you. So you want to just make sure that you can maintain this house that you're buying, even though they're not going to negotiate with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Did I ramble a little bit there? Maybe a touch. No, I'm, I'm sitting back. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. One of the things too, man, is, you know, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Mike, when you said the, the, the person you're negotiating against the other buyers may be in a situation where they can afford it if, if something, you know, happens. And we tell our clients all the time, look, here are your options. And we don't suggest to, to uh, waive any contingencies, um, but there are some cases where we have buyers that are able to. And, and situations where they're fortunate and financially secure and they're buying under means. And those might be situations that buyers may want to look at. If you're pre-approved to a, a $400,000 home, but you can find something that suits your needs at $300,000, well, then you can go in and you can you know, either A, still do inspections, okay, or do inspections for information purposes only, or you can say, hey, look, um, we won't ask for anything to be Unless it's over, say, $5,000, like big ticket items that other buyers will want fixed and that'll impact the value of the house. Or, you know, see, you could weave it all together if you're in a spot where you can afford it. Um, but if you're not, Mike, I agree with you 100%. You want to do those inspections regardless. Even if you waive your inspections after the fact, you're going to want to do your inspections because you need to know if you have faulty wiring, leaky plumbing. If you have mold in your home, if you have a pest problem, a million different things that could go wrong. Isn't that correct, Mike? Yeah, and, and we are seeing an uptick in those type of inspections where folks uh, didn't get their inspection done. Uh, you know, they decided to waive it. They buy the house and then they bring us in after they own the house shortly thereafter. And we do an inspection. And, you know, it's some of the people were finding things that um, – are simple repairs, but still safety concerns. So things that they want to button up. Some yep. of them are getting information like, all right, well, so this is kind of what we thought it was. And we can start budgeting. Like we think that these systems are going to need to be repaired in these kind of timeframes. And we can kind of help them estimate that a little bit so they can start to budget for, you know, five, 10 years down the road. Okay. Yeah. The roof's not leaking, but it's not great. So in a few years, you're going to have to start, you know, start budgeting now to do a new roof on the house or, these things last, you know, water heaters nine years old. They only last like 10 years. So in the next year or two, you're going to probably have to do that. And just to let them, you know, get the, you know, get hit the ground running with the budget towards maintaining their new house, which is fine. That's, that's a, that's a huge help to a new, you know, a new home buyer where they can start laying some of that money out, you know, going forward so that they can keep the house in the condition they wanted it. Um, or, or sometimes it's a severe thing and they got to, you know, juggle things a little bit to try to figure out what, what, what might be wrong with the house. And again, that's somebody who, if, if you're financially set, you can, you can perhaps waive your inspection because you have the money to fix, you know, a bigger problem that maybe you didn't know about. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, for the most part, you know, you just, you have to know what you have, whether, whether you, whether it's before you bought the house or, or again, in some cases afterwards, if you don't know houses, like if you're, if you're a general contractor, you have lots of experience with subcontractors and you fix houses all the time. 
you know, maybe you're in a position where you you do know enough about it, or you do have a, you know the contacts to where your company maybe can do some repairs that 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 you come across. That's fine, sure. but um, if you're not in that in that position, you gotta you gotta bring somebody in to tell you what you have. Yeah, absolutely. And and Mike, if somebody wants to check what you're all about, the services you offer for home inspections, they can go online. They can check you out at homeinspectorri.com. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. There's tons of information on there about about us. There's general information about uh, just houses in general. And of course, all my contact info is there. They can reach me by cell phone, email, uh, you name it. Awesome. Great. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Patriot Home Inspections. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with riblogger.com's top five events here in Rhode Island. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. On the line with us, we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. And I can't believe we're talking end of summer events. She's got the best, hottest events here to end your summer. Welcome back to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Again, lots of things that we missed last year are are back in action. Um, starting Wednesday, August 18th, Mamma Mia, the 2021 Encore will be at the Theater by the Sea um, all the way until September 5th. Prepare to enjoy this mega-hit Broadway show. It's about a daughter's dream, a mother's secret, and a trip down the aisle you will never forget. So if you have not seen Mamma Mia or have not been to the Theater by the Sea, Definitely worth checking out. It's a beautiful location right in Matunic on the beach. Um, it's, you know, I can't say enough about it. It's a great place to go. The annual Greek Festival will return August 20th to the 22nd at the Greek Orthodox Church in Pawtucket. Um, it's an in-person event again this year. I believe last year it either didn't happen or was virtual, so that's exciting again. Um, it features Greek dishes, desserts, beer, wine, and spirits, as well as um, dance performances, live music, and much more. And again, that's the 2021st and 22nd. So you have three full days to get there. Um, Ballard Beach will be hosting Jam Fest on Sunday, August 22nd. I'm just sad to say this a little bit, but it's a great way to uh, write a tribute to the end of summer. Oh, um, my heart. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to say, it's like, after that, there's only like two, I think, I think two more weekends, but um but it's the ultimate summer party from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Some of the most talented musicians around, including Badfish, um, Dub Apocalypse, Music Dread, and Terrapin. So you can reserve tables ahead of time as well. Enjoy the daiquiri bar. You can uh, get VIP cabanas, lounge chairs, and umbrellas, or you don't have to do any of that. You can just go and listen to the music. Um, so definitely, you know, if you want to say adios to summer, that's Sunday, August 22nd. Uh, this sounds awesome. Every Thursday, you can head to the Providence Ring to enjoy roller disco with DJs and um, live acts from 5 to 10. The music is actually from 6 to 10. And the rink will be transformed into a massive outdoor roller disco with some of the city's hottest DJs and acts curated by PVD Live. Um, the Trinity Brew House will, Trinity Beer Garden will be there as well with snacks and beverages. So, again, that's Thursday night, so you have some time to get there um, and do some roller skating, which is always fun. And last but not least, Thursday, August 19th, the East Greenwich um, Music on Main Street stroll will take place from 5 to 9 p.m. 
and Main Street will be filled with the sounds of music as you can stroll through the Main Street shopping and dining. And there'll be festive themes featuring local artists, musicians, performances, and much more. And again, um, you know, it's a great time to just visit Main Street in East Greenwich. It's one of my favorite Main Streets. And they have, you know, great shopping, great food. So, and there'll be live music. Awesome. And a little secret, because we haven't done our grand opening yet, and we're not even, we're still going through construction. Check out 247 Main Street. That is going to be the new home for Engel and Balkers, our new shop. And, you know, we have, I'm going to ask Mike Tellier on my team if he can play some music out there, because music. Uh, Mike is an artist. So that would be sweet. What's the date again on that, oh, uh, the Main Street awesome. show? That's Thursday, again. August 19th, from Thursday the 19th from 5 to 9. Thursday the 19th from 5. Awesome. Good That's stuff. Exciting. Yes, and uh, and they can check it all out on riblogger.com. Again, riblogger.com. Jennifer, thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. Have a great week. You're welcome. You too. Awesome. What a great show today. I would like to thank Bill, station manager, and our producer for today, Bill did a great job. Thank you. Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. Melissa Delano with Delano Law. Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. And most importantly, you, our listeners, for keeping this show alive and well. We'd like to thank you very much and remind you, you've got a friend here in real estate. Give us a call, 401-217-2333. Again, 401-217-2333. Thank you very much. God bless you and enjoy your week.